Mona got involved with this ministry early and so did her parents, Herb and Sarah. And I'd see Herb and Sarah in the kitchen cooking. And even when Herb was no longer able to cook, he would sit in his chair and supervise. And he was there for support because he loved this program and he loved this ministry and he loved the difference it was making in the lives of people who couldn't help themselves and were willing to admit it. As are we all. Luke 9, 18 through 24 is a passage about salvation and it's appropriate for baptism and Lord's Supper and celebrate recovery because it's, it's the passage about what Jesus expects of those who dare to follow him. I think sometimes we make following Jesus too easy and we whitewash it and we don't do it justice because this is what Jesus said to those people who would follow him initially. Luke 9, 18. Salvation free or not? Now it happened that as he was praying alone with the disciples, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do people say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others that one of the old prophets had risen. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. He charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And this is what he said to those would-be followers. Just as a word of caution from the outset, he said to them all, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake, he will save it. Bow with me. Father, as we come with these three precious little girls who've been baptized with encouragement from those who have seen the power of the gospel reach down and change lives, as we celebrate that change in the Lord's Supper, help us realize that following you can be costly because it means giving up ourselves and letting you be Lord and Savior. Help us do that. In Jesus' name, amen. As we, as we think about this, let me ask you a difficult question that I just want you to ponder throughout the message. What have you sacrificed for the sake of the gospel? What have you given up? What, what, have you, what cross have you picked up in order to follow Jesus? And just be thinking about that as we talk about it this morning. When I was in college, I was a youth minister at First Baptist Church in Washington, Georgia. And believe it or not, they let a 20-year-old boy drive the bus that had a bunch of youth on it. And every weekend, I would, Washington's kind of in between Athens and Augusta. So every weekend, I would drive the bus full of teenagers down to Augusta or up to Athens to go bowling or to see a movie or, you know, go out to eat or just do something fun to, to kind of keep the kids involved. And I do remember in retrospect, looking back on that now, that I was turning on to I-20, the acceleration ramp, and I took that turn a little quickly, and the two inside tires of the bus lifted off the ground a little bit, and, and after that, there always seemed to be a deacon available to drive the bus, <laughs> which is probably a good idea. When I drove the bus, I always looked for a sign that said, tour buses welcome, drivers eat free. And of course... We know that nobody eats free, but what that sign means is that they 
overcharge everybody else sufficiently to pay for the driver's meal. And it seems popular now. You see ads on the TV that say, BOGO, buy one, get one. And that doesn't mean you actually get one free. It just means they probably jacked up the price of the first one enough and are not taking quite the profit on the first one in order for you to get the second one for free. My father taught me there's no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody's paying for it somewhere. And I think about that when I think about salvation because we like to, to talk about salvation being free, and it is, but there's a paradox involved because the salvation is also very costly. It is free, and yet it is also costly. So let me talk about that for a few minutes this morning with your outline. The first of all, the cost of salvation. You know it's free. Romans 6.23 for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a free gift. God has given us the gift of salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Paul wants us to know that our salvation is free, that there's nothing you or I can do to earn or deserve or buy or, or recompense God in some way for our salvation. God extends it to everybody freely. He wants everybody to have it, to enjoy it, to experience a salvation that you and I could never afford. And so he gives it to us by his grace, his mercy. God, but God paid for it too. It has a price. And for God... It was so costly that he paid for it with the price of his own son. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him doesn't have to perish but can have everlasting life. God gave us his son. That's how much it cost us. Have you ever been in line at a, like a drive through window or maybe Starbucks where the person in front of you paid for your coffee or your meal? I haven't either. <laughs> but I hear that has happened. They call it paying it forward. The person in front pays for you. You pay for the person behind you. I did hear on the news that one time it extended 23 or 24 times until some selfish person at the end of the line refused to pay for the guy behind them. But they call that paying it forward. It's doing something good for somebody with the expectation that that person in turn will do something good to the one that follows them. I think about that sometimes when I realize what God has done for us. He paid it forward when he sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the cost, the penalty for our sins. Sins has a, has a great cost, but Jesus paid that debt in full with the blood that was shed, the body that was broken that we're getting ready to celebrate with the Lord's Supper. But our salvation cost us something too. Now, I, I know you, but, but Brother Wayne, you just said it's free. Yes, it is free. But once Jesus comes into our lives and changes us, and there is, there is a change that takes place in us. This passage, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself. What does that mean? It means Denying to your wishes and your wants, turning away from your life and turning to God and letting him not just be your savior who forgives you of your sins, but also becomes your Lord 
and master who controls you, who guides you, and instead of going down this path and doing the things that please you, that you want to do, you choose to go down this path that, that God has chosen for you. It took me a long time to realize that the path that I choose, that I think will make me happy, ends in misery. And the path that God has chosen for me that doesn't look so appealing on the outset because it's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of self-denial. It's a life of choosing God over choosing self. That is the life that actually brings happiness and joy. And why would God not want that for me? He created me. He loved me so much that Jesus died for me. Why would God not desire the very best for me? And he knows what it is. And all I have to do is trust him enough and believe in him enough to follow the path that he has laid out for me. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. I'm dead with Christ. It is therefore no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And that's why baptism is such a good picture of dying to self and rising to a new life in Christ. Jesus gave this warning to those who would follow him. If you're going to follow me, guys, <laughs> It's not going to be a bed of roses. You're going to have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Why did Jesus say that at the outset? I guess he thought it would be better to have one person who was totally committed and sold out. He could do more, per, more with one person who was committed than he could with nine who were half-hearted and lukewarm. And so Jesus challenged those who would follow him to commitment, to denial, to sacrifice. So what has our response been? I'm afraid our response hasn't been quite as severe, as stern as Jesus was. God made salvation free, but you and I have made it cheap. We have watered down the demands of salvation so that whosoever will may come, yes, we want everybody to come, but then we kind of leave out the caveat, the, the, the desire that following Jesus is going to mean a changed life. It's going to mean doing some things differently from how you've done them before. It's going to mean some sacrifices and denying those things that you want selfishly. Jesus always let people know up front what they were getting into. And it's like we want people to get into it. And then they find out that, that maybe this isn't all I thought it was going to be. And they fall away. Don't get me wrong, I do believe that God blesses us as his children and he wants the very best for us. But sometimes those blessings aren't worldly possessions. Sometimes those blessings aren't the things that the world has a criteria of, of blessing because God's blessings are spiritual. God's blessings are eternal. God's blessings are abundant life here and eternal life in heaven. So what I want to challenge you this morning is to think about what commitment have you made to Jesus and, and these three precious little girls who were baptized starting out in their relationship. What kind of, what sacrifice, what is God calling them to do? And, and you and I who have witness, borne witness to that, what is he asking us to do? And what sacrifice have we really made? 
to follow Christ. I believe the gospel has the power to change lives. We see it begin in baptism. We hear testimonies of it and celebrate recovery. And we celebrate that power with the Lord's Supper. Jesus offers us a free gift. But then he calls us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Let's do that. Bow with me. Father, as we come now to receive the Lord's Supper, we pray that you would bless it and that as we celebrate the power of a changed life, that we would see it not only in these three girls, not only hear about it in testimonies from Celebrate Recovery, but we will experience it in our own home and in our own family because you have called us forward to leave behind the cares of the world and to be a follower, a committed disciple of Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.